half hour is um, first checking in, seeing if there's any uh, reflections or questions or things that have come up from the day and <clears throat> do a little dialogue like that. And then uh, Rinpoche is going to offer some last teachings. Uh, <clears throat> first, um, let's just see what's out there. Thank you for thank you for uh, t today. Uh, this is a, a who, who's the poet that you uh, r recited? Um, Dana Falls, F A U L D S, and uh, she's great. She has a number of uh, number of volumes. Uh, Go in and in is one that I read from a lot. That's. And this one, uh, Awareness Knowing Itself, is, um, I think it's from Root to Bloom, but you can actually even just Google the title, Awareness Knowing Itself. Thank you. There was just one quick experience that I had during the first walking meditation that I wanted to share. Okay. As I walked up past the residences, which I realized were named after these abodes that you've spoken about today. Well, what? Uh, the residences on the hill are uh, named after the abodes. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. And as a, as a small child, I was scared to walk on gravel or in grass barefooted for some reason. <clears throat> but I made my way into this walking meditation with my shoes off, boldly stepping into the sharp rocks and thorns outside. <clears throat> and as I passed those abodes, ahead of even knowing what they were, per the later part of today, I kept passing through the sharp rock pieces with my bare feet and just experiencing the pain and letting it go, and then stepping onto the mossy, grassy, dewy, cool part, which nurtured my feet and made them feel really happy. <laughs> I just realized that's my life in the last year, is walking over the rocks and then the soft part. So I wanted to thank you for creating the vessel today for that experience. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That That is the, the trick. There's going to be rocks and and mossy, soothing grass. And uh, yeah, the trick is to be here for the whole ride, you know, because they're both going to be part of the trip anyway. So uh, the more you can embrace it all, and like I said, awareness doesn't care, uh, then, then you can enjoy the ride. So keep going. Let that be a and say, let that be a lesson to you, you know, <laughs> that you just gave yourself, or a, a lesson that you take in. Oh, that's, that's the metaphor, f not just for your life, that's the metaphor for life. And it's all part of it, and it's okay. So, thank you. Anything else happen to anybody today? <laughs> Any reflections, observations, or things you want to bring up? Yeah. Oh. Get to you next. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. And put it right next to your lips. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Great. Now I hear you. Oh. Uh. I, when when we were uh, experiencing joy, 
earlier today, I got this real bubbly, joyous feeling in my stomach. It was physical as well as as the mental part, but the physical part fed the mental part. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was uh, quite an experience. It's uh, This is my second, you know, trip here. Mm -hmm. And both times I've gotten something profound out of, you know, out of the experience. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm really thankful mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Thank, thank you very much. Thanks. I hope it, I enjoy your book. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it too. <laughs> and 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 the the essence, it's just something that you uh, that you brought up, bears um, noting, the essence of of the book and what I try to communicate out of the Buddhist teachings. The Buddha has has this uh, one teaching that I love. Uh, he says, um, in the middle of a wholesome state. There's a gladness that naturally arises. And he says, that gladness that arises with a wholesome state um, delights the heart when gains inspiration in the meaning, um, delights in the truth. He says, that gladness is an equipment of mind to overcome all ill will and hostility. And what he the way I see it, especially coupled with the teaching that he says, when there's a wholesome state, that it's skillful to maintain and increase that wholesome state. The way to increase it, maintain or increase it, is not by grasping it, not by saying, oh gosh, I hope this doesn't go, or how can I make it more, but to pay attention, bring your awareness directly into that physical experience that you just described. Because it's one thing to know, oh, I'm feeling pretty good right now. And it's a whole other to say, oh, this is what it feels like to feel good. Because anchoring it in your body is where it, it deepens the, the connection the, the neural pathways in the brain and your whole body, it, you remember more and more what well-being feels like and it becomes more and more accessible. So I would encourage you as a practice, and it takes some practice because the mind can be busy looking for what can go wrong or what's out there to, to, to be aware of when you are feeling moments of well-being, not to miss them and just let yourself really be nourished by them and take them in because that's what will deepen your access to them. So, thank you. Was that hand up over here before? Yeah. Okay. Oh. I actually have the mic, so I'm going to Okay, speak. great. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, you ask about experiences of the day. Um, we came down from Sacramento this morning, and we dutifully set our alarms early, early. And the first thing that happened was we opened the door and let our dogs out, and they got skunked. Mm. And we uh. couldn't, of course, leave them mm. like that. Mm. Um, and there was just this overwhelming sense of being summoned here for me. And I wanted us to be able to make this journey. Mm -hmm. 
and I am very mindful of the um, the lesson. I I think that it comes out of I can't remember her name. The woman who wrote my stroke of insight, mm -hmm. Jill Bolton yeah. Taylor. Yes, and about the fact that the average emotion lasts ninety seconds. It's really hard when your whole house smells like skunk to mm. remember that it's only 90 seconds. Um, especially because we inadvertently let them in right after that. <laughs> but it has been quite an astounding experience to make our way through that into this. Mm. Um, and I just, a very dear friend of mine who has passed on now used to say to me, whenever possible, say yes to the universe. Mm. And it feels like the entire day has been about saying yes to the universe. And mm -hmm. so I just want to share my gratitude mm -hmm. to you, the teachers, but also to all of you who showed up to create this very safe holding space mm -hmm. for this unfolding today. Thank mm -hmm. you. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 just as um, Rinpoche was was talking about that um, opening. What was it? Relaxing the mind, but there was something uh, about opening uh, to uh, to life. Saying yes is an opening to life. This is all the wholesome states, all the uh, what's called kusala states of kusala states of well-being are expansive, and they say yes to whatever, whether it's love or generosity or compassion. It's opening, opening the heart, opening the mind, opening the body. And all the states of suffering are contracting states. You talked about that before. And in, in some ways, saying no to life is contracting. Not that you want to open yourself more than you need to, to, to dangers, or the, and, and you need to take care and protect yourself and have healthy boundaries and... and and it's, sometimes it's important to be able to say no to what's in front of you, but more and more to be willing to say yes to the way things are, uh, particularly if you, can, um, if you can't have any, if you can't affect a change, then learning to open up to it. And if you can, then doing your, your part to make a difference, but, but coming from love. Um, so, thank you for saying yes today, and uh, I hope your trip home, uh, your love can hold the skunk smell in your house, too. <laughs> now, here's a, here it is. Thank you, and, and thank you also for the, um, the afternoon with more of the sense of um, other, <laughs> and uh, the discussion about you know being you know teachers and my question is about others and a lot of what we talked about today and heard today was about um, being awareness of self and one of the things the questions that came up during the exercise that was about how much of what we were feeling was the other person extending and I wonder if you have any thoughts about um, that you could share about how our own presence of mind affects the others that were around or their effect on us. It's huge. You know, I, I think of us all 
each person is a receiver transmitter energy unit. We are taking in everything from around us and we are sending out whatever is here and affecting everything around us. And it, depending upon how strong your own uh, centeredness and your own um, development inside, uh, your, our fields, some fields are stronger than others. It can be a, a strong field of anger and hatred or a strong field of love or a strong field of confusion. You know, if you're around somebody who's anxious, you don't say, oh, good, they've got the anxiety and now I can be very peaceful here. It kind of rubs off on you, right? And in the same way, you can train yourself if somebody is really happy instead of, oh, they've got the happiness, what about me? That you can actually have uh, a contact high, as we used to call it, from them and, be a, be, and take in their happiness or just or tune into it. But we are all affecting everybody else. That's, that's the basic law of interconnectedness. And so when you're, if your field isn't, isn't developed, if there's some fragility in your field, then you want to be really careful about who you, know, who you surround yourself with, uh, at least and on, a, on a steady basis, uh, because that will affect us. That's why the Buddha said very clearly in many, many places, keep the company of the wise and avoid the company of what's often translated as the foolish or the unwise. Um, but it, as you develop more and more your own inner centeredness, then you, have, um, a, you can have a stronger field and can affect others. Just like you know, if you've ever been around the Dalai Lama, he's got a strong energy field. You can just go into a teaching with the Dalai Lama kind of upset and annoyed, and then you kind of walk out feeling, wow, that's really nice being around here. And it's not even that it's his, the way I see it. It's just that he is a strong conduit for a particular energy that finds its frequency and tunes into you. It's, you know, if you're feeling love between you and somebody else or somebody reminds you of something and wakes, wakes up that feeling of love or tenderness or whatever, it doesn't belong to anybody. It's not their love. It's just love finding itself through us in the same way that we can tune into a particular frequency when somebody is upset or annoyed and it affects us. So we want to be really um, training ourselves to have a strong field that can, that can hold the difficulties around us with compassion and not be overwhelmed or let it move through us. Uh, and as much as possible, our own well-being becomes a gift to everybody else because it reminds others. Like when you're around a baby, and that's why we love being around babies. You see a, an adorable baby, if, if it's fed and diapered and, and uh, has enough, a little bit of love, what does it do? She squeals with delight. Wow, isn't life wonderful? 
and it reminds you, oh yeah, life is wonderful. Like it was so, I loved when Rinpoche was talking about just the smallest little thing, seeing, seeing uh, any small thing or just a smile on somebody's face or being touched by you know, seeing an animal or whatever. There's so many ways that we can be touched and we just need to be reminded and we're reminding each other of, of what really, really matters. So keep, keep good company. The refuge in the Sangha, the, the whole of the holy life, as the Buddha says. Okay, so, Rinpoche, your last words. Yeah. There are lots of uh, mysteries surrounding us all the time. And even the very reason that we come here today together is a great mystery. No one would be able to completely describe the reasons why we came here together. If you try to describe it, we may find a lot of uh, 
reasons why we came here together. You can say you come here to meditate or friends of you dragged you here today. (laughs) Or you are here to do a day-long retreat. But these are not the whole picture. And so the true reason is always uh, utterly a mystery. It's not like that somebody made this whole Dianong retreat happen. There are no one person or one effort that make this happen. The coming here today together is equally mysterious as the whole creation of the universe, which no one would understand. At the same time, we are here together, and there must be a reason. Uh, I cannot uh, understand what this reason is. Maybe this whole life is manifesting itself. But I wanted to ask everybody to think that today is a very special day because you're here. You might like to think that today is the day you closed a chapter of your life. And this thought alone has great power. Let me repeat what I said. Try to think that today you closed a long chapter of your life. Maybe that chapter involves many trials, tribulations, many pain, self-doubt. So please pray that you have uh, every Create you need, every strength you need in order to close this long chapter. This chapter wasn't either good nor bad. It's not to be judged as good or bad. I'm sure if you revisit this long chapter, you'll find that there are many laughters that you had many smiles that you expressed, many cry that you did either in front of other people or by yourself. And now imagine that you are opening a new chapter. You might like to say to yourself as a resolution, as a self-commitment that 
you are going to open this new chapter uh, from the wisdom inside love truth that you have witnessed today because you have the ability to remember and to reside in that truth you have witnessed today. and have a new commitment to the Dharma. When I say Dharma, I'm not referring to particularly Buddhism, but Dharma is that pilgrimage I invited all of you to be on at very the beginning of this uh, retreat. From now on, your highest aspiration is to walk on this pilgrimage, to become more and more close to who you are, the infinite within, and also to become aware of your limitations. Your true nature is a limitless, infinite. At the same time, we have uh, limitations and uh, we'll find many times on this path that uh, we are shocked, we are surprised by our own limitations. This pilgrimage is about becoming aware of your own limitations. And so you can be to your true nature that is limitless.
Yesterday I was invited to attend a ceremony. It was somebody's uh, cremation. A young people died uh, not very long ago. I was the one of the few people who performed the ceremony. And there were around uh, maybe 100 people, relatives, friends of that deceased one. I heard people were crying. And then I also heard the noise of the children running around and playing. So when you look around, there's death, but there's many also birth too. Uh, I felt that everything's happening all the time in this uh, existence. In some Buddhism, this entire existence is called uh, mandala. Means the Buddha field. This whole existence is a Buddha field. Stars are drawing, new stars are becoming into existence, just like our life. And we must bear in our mind that our own existence is extremely fragile and very short. It can dissolve at any given moment, just like a rainbow. With maintaining that awareness every day, and we have to remember not to trash this precious existence and to respect it and to not be in a hurry but to be vigilant. There's expression in Buddhism, be like as if your hair is on the fire. <laughs> you might like to feel that. If your hair is on a fire, you won't be sitting there, you won't be asking all these questions, who set the fire on your hair? <laughs> Where does the fire come from? Instead, you run around and you may jump into a river. You'll do everything to put off the fire. In the same way, the idea is that you must do everything in your power. The question is, to do what? The answer is, and to experience the deepest richness of life itself, which is uh, just, uh, in my mind, this pure love, this unfathomable joy. Thank you, everybody, for bringing your presence. I feel personally this was very transformative and the day of healing, I felt I was playing a double roles, student as well as also a teacher. I've been playing role as a teacher today with my best uh, ability. I did my best, so I felt quite good about that. <laughs> And I hope my presence, 
my words have impact on your heart and mind. I also felt I was a student because I was very much enjoying the heartfelt teachings that James offered. Indoors I felt that uh, love, awareness, hidden are radiating from all of you. So I feel I'm a new person right now in this very moment. I feel I'm transformed right now from the the teachings and also your presence and your spontaneous sharing, your trust, your love, your courage, your Buddhaness. So I'm a new person. I hope this is how you feel that you are uh, now a new person. You feel that your heart is a now wider, your mind is clearer than ever. So there was a hidden today. Our heart is not so much wounded anymore. Our mind is no longer clogged as it was. So thank you once again for to the spirit track sangha for creating this beautiful sanctuary so we can come together and enjoy the gift of dharma and thank you the teacher thank you to the sangha without each of us we won't have this uh, wonderful day Thank you. Thank you, Rinpoche, and thank you for your presence. And what a, what a treat to share the day with you and, and share the Dharma. Uh, have us all share it together. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I want to mention that Rinpoche is in uh, Richmond, Point Richmond, uh, Dharmata Foundation. If you haven't been around before, uh, just... Uh, there might be some literature out there, and uh, just Google Dharmata Foundation, and he's, he gives talks every other Sunday, usually. Um, I'm in Berkeley on Thursday nights. I don't know if there's brochures out there for uh, our community uh, in, uh, in central Berkeley. I'm going to be doing a day long on equanimity down in uh, in Berkeley, uh, October 26th, and I just want to mention one thing more about uh, there's Earth Care Week that's coming up that um, that is is going to be going around all communities around the country and abroad um, in the Insight Meditation community the first week in October. There are uh, many activities. The nuns in San Francisco have a whole week of activities, the Aloka Vihara nuns. Um, And uh, Bhikkhu Bodhi is going to be leading a walk on October 6th uh, as part of it for Buddhist uh, global relief. Uh, If you go to Earth Care Sangha, sorry, One Earth Sangha, it gives all the information about it. yeah, and what we do here, not only connecting with ourselves and with, with each other, but with the earth is, um, 
really important. The earth needs our awareness and our love uh, and our caring um, 